live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night, November 15th. And what a big night it is. There you see a shot live from Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Where later on at 9 o'clock or sometime right after 9 o'clock, we expect the president, President Trump, to come out and announce his candidacy, we think. Unless he's coming out to announce a reboot of The Apprentice, which I, I don't think that's happening, but um, he's going to announce his candidacy for 2024. And I think it's safe to say that 2024 is in full effect um, with some of what's gone on today. We'll talk about the... Um, well, really, I mean, the Republican Party clearly has no problem with what's going on right now. Is the, is the only way you can interpret what's going on. The Republican Party, for the most part, has no real issues with what's going on because the same incompetence that got us the last two elections wins again with this vote in the House today, seemingly. And I don't know how you argue that the new mantra of the Republican Party should just be failing up. No changes. Now, McCarthy looks like he doesn't have the vote. And one of the things that'll be interesting tonight about the president, if this even comes up at all, will be if there's any mention of this. Because McCarthy is about 31 votes short of 218. And I heard Matt Gates today pretty, pretty firmly say that he's certainly nothing he can do to get his vote. And he believes that this, this, um, you know, this uh, little group of 31 is going to stick together. Which is very interesting because I don't know who else could possibly get to that number if it's not the guy. You know the old saying, the guy who gets you to the Super Bowl gets to, you know, coach the game. Well, most would look at McCarthy and say that's the role he's in here. As much as there's things about him that none of us like. I just don't know how, who else gets to 218. But the overall problem, again, what we see today from the Republicans is they're just a fake opposition party. They're just a fake opposition party. Look at what we see today from this party. We see this vote, obviously, for McCarthy, for Scalise. And then Jim Banks loses to Tom Emmer. Which, please explain that, make that make sense to me. Elise Stefanik, again, loses uh, Byron Donald, who I thought would have been great, loses to Elise Stefanik, it's not even close. And then, of course, the topper of all of it, Marble Mouth Mitch comes out today and says, I've got, I've got the votes. I've got the votes. And it's just unexplainable. The Republicans just fall in line once again with Mitch, seemingly. And you have. Um, you have Chris Christie today trashing the former president, trashing the former president. Chris Christie. What kind of shape is New Jersey in after Chris Christie? Well, it's not in any shape. It's 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 one party iron-fisted top-down role similar to New York. Chris Christie did nothing to make New Jersey better. Chris Christie adds nothing to the conservative movement. Chris Christie adds nothing to the Republican Party, quite frankly. Sits his fat ass on ABC every Sunday morning spouting this nonsense. What has Chris Christie done? We got to hear from him? We got to hear from Larry Hogan trashing the president? What has Larry Hogan done? 
What has he added to the discourse? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Two more insignificant humans you'd have a hard time finding. Larry Hogan and Chris Christie. But this is who we have to hear from today. As Mitch McConnell tells us, he's got the votes. And, and the House looks like it's going to be pretty much business as usual. So, I mean, I don't know. None of these guys lift a finger to do anything for Republicans. None of them lift a finger to do anything in the midterms. Chris Christie, you just have to ask yourself about this party. What's going on? Do they have any interest in winning? Or like we always talk about on this show, is it just basically the uniparty and, and um, we'll just put up fake opposition here, but you know, we keep our power and we do our things and we, and, and, and that's it. Are they just inept the GOP? In, they're inept at best. And at worst, they're complicit in every major issue of our time. I saw Daniel Horowitz said, here's a little thing you could do if you really wanna know where you're at. Take two pieces of paper. And on one piece of paper, jot down the names of the Democrats who dissent from the Democratic Party on any issues, COVID, global warming, energy, medical medical freedom, um, any of the social issues, anything. Take a piece of paper, jot down all the Democrats who dissent to anything that the Democratic Party stands for, anything. I don't care what it is. Well, you'd have a blank piece of paper when you're all said and done. Now do the same thing on the Republicans. You have to go to Staples and buy four reams of it. That's what you have to do. But if you do it on the Democratic side, you wouldn't need, you'd have a blank piece of paper. It's like Michael Knowles' first book, Reason to Vote for Democrats. Bunch of blank pages. That's what you'd have if you did it on the Democrats, because this is the Republican Party. And this is why I have been arguing for months. That whether it's 50, 50, 51, 49, 52, 48, whatever the number is, and whoever has the 50, what does it really matter? What really matters is what goes on in these states and these governorships and these state legislatures. And that's why I've been talking about it. Because I I, I just don't know. You look at the Republicans today, and I, and I just don't know. So that's kind of the over you know, kind of hanging over the evening here as President Trump, by all accounts, is going to announce his run for 2024. And um, there's a lot of things I hope to hear from the former president tonight. And I, and I really hope that, well, I really hope that none of them, and I don't know, maybe none is going to be too strong, but if he, if he looks backwards at all, I hope it's for just a passing fleeting comment. I really hope he focuses on the future. I really hope he focuses on the future. I wanna hear him talk about this country. This is our country. It's not Mitch McConnell's country. It's not Chris Christie's country. They don't get to tell us. It's our country. Most of us in the Trump years, fell in love with the president as the greatest, one of the greatest presidents of our times because he knew that fact. And he talked about the country as if it was our country. And he governed 
at least most of us thought, and what was best for us. So I really hope the president returns to that vision. I know he feels like it's unfinished business, and I know a lot of people going into this with this whole DeSantis-Trump fake um, nonsense, which I make nothing of right now at all. I'm all for a strong primary, and if it's the two of them, bring it on. But um, I want to hear the president give a vision of what he sees, what he wants to do. Not what's happened in the past, not, the, not, not what we all know what has happened to him. We all know the target that's on his back. We all know how he has been persecuted, prosecuted. We all know still what is on the table. We understand the enemy here and how they feel about him. But the president needs to make a strong case for the things that we all fell in love with when he was governing. The border, crime, capitalism, individual liberty, freedom, upward mobility, all the things that make this country great, that make the American people great. Just get out of our way. That's what we want to hear. Get the government out of our way. We don't want to hear about empowering more bureaucrats. We don't want to hear about more... Uh, fiscal deficit spending to empower more bureaucrats and more bureaucratic uh, agencies and all this, what I hear Josh Hawley talking about lately. So I'm really hoping that the president gives a vision for moving forward. All the unfinished business he feels like he, he, um, he has, what has happened to the country since obviously he left office. And, and in some respects, I hope he addresses the Republican Party as he sees it today. Because as I've been telling you, if you're more worried about this midterm election and pointing fingers back to Donald Trump and not pointing it within the party squarely at Mitch McConnell and others, I'm, I'm not, I think you're looking through the wrong side of the telescope. Now, the Washington Examiner has a piece in preparation for tonight. And they say a source close to Trump said that while it's not an exhaustive list, the former president would discuss the fledgling economy, the energy crisis, surging crime, pointing to his address at the America First Policy Institute this summer that painted a picture of a nation in decay. Trump will also swipe at a Republican establishment that has heaped criticism on him following the midterm elections. He will cover the waterfront, the person said. He's going to deliver a fairly lengthy second-term agenda of what he could do if he were elected again, said Dick Morris, a former Clinton strategist, longtime Trump family friend and an informal advisor to the ex-president, who was in Florida to attend the 9 p.m. announcement at Trump Mar-a-Lago estate. Morris said to expect the former president to tout immigration-focused measures among his priorities, receiving the call for a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border, a centerpiece of his 2015 campaign announcement in a 2019 policy known as the Migrant Protection Protocols that required people to seek asylum in Mexico while awaiting U.S. immigration hearing. President Joe Biden suspended the policy. Okay, so we all know, so we all know this. Uh, returning to the themes that made him successful in 2015 and his election in 2016, obviously, and he comes into office in 17. I want to hear the I want to hear the president more of the president though of like 2019 2020 after being there 
after governing successfully as a conservative, way more conservative than most people thought. I don't want to hear about um, other possible people running. This is his to lose and, and everybody knows it. And quite frankly, there's an argument to be made that there's not really a primary even here. If you look at what Trump spent in 2016 against the people he was up against, he spent the least amount of money of any of the competitive primary opponents he faced in 2016, and he whooped up on all of them. And now he's got um, a monopoly of the primary voters, and he can raise as much money as he wants. And none of that's going to have any effect on the people who have support or who support the former president. So there's an argument here through all of the media baloney that they want to bring up about DeSantis and everybody else that there's not even a primary here to be had if he if he once he announces tonight. So there's a lot to talk about here. Obviously, we'll be watching. It's going to be great coverage tonight. Ed and Karen are going to join us at 8:30 uh, to set the scene in the room. Uh, we're going to go till nine. They're going to take over at nine, and it's going to be great coverage through the president's speech. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday, getting you prepped for 45 in his quest to become 47 at 9 o'clock. We'll do some more when we get back right after this. Studio 6B on a Tuesday night, getting ready for the president at 9 o'clock. Ed Henry and Karen Turk, who've already done a great hour of between 7 and 8 leading up to us, are going to come back. They're going to actually join us at the bottom of the hour to kind of set the scene at Mar-a-Lago and what we expect to hear from the president. Um, and then they'll take over at 9 o'clock. They'll do, um, well, the president's going to talk right around 9, but maybe they'll do a few minutes before he gets out there. Uh, word is the president may be going to talk about, about around about a half an hour. Um, I mean, again, it's, if he is going to announce, I mean, I think at this point we pretty much, pretty much know he's going to. Um, but to lay out a vision for lay out a vision for the country, but it, it, it's uh, you know we can focus on the president, but it's hard to focus. It's, it's hard to also not give as much attention to what happened today um, with the Republican Party and these votes that we saw. Jim Banks goes down to Tom Emmer. Byron Donald loses not even close to uh, Elise Stefanik. Just the establishment um, Republican Party just won't. I don't know. I, I don't know. This, 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 it just can, it just seems like they just seem quite happy. I don't know. They just have no problem, I guess, with what's going on because I don't know how you can just continue to put the same people in the same positions and expect different results. And I don't know if McCarthy ends up being the speaker or not. I don't know who else has a path to 218, quite frankly. But I mean, Matt Gates sounded extremely um, fervently against McCarthy today. And he said there's a group that's going to stay there. So we'll see what happens there. 31 votes short or 31 votes against him today. But the bigger problem is just this whole party. Where are we going? I mean, do we even feel safe in the House with, with this majority, whether it's two or three votes? Do we? I mean, do we not think there's two or three uh, rhino types that would uh, 
I mean, I don't even know how, how safe we should feel with the majority. Now, obviously, I like the fact that we'll have like Chairman Jim Jordan on these things and we can do some investigations. That'll be good. But I was looking at the numbers for where the Republicans are right now as far as um, these state governorships and these House and Senate maps. In Alabama, the Republicans in the Senate hold a 27 to 8 lead in the House. They hold a 77 to 28 lead. In Arkansas, they hold a 29-6 lead in the Senate and 82-18 lead in the House. In Florida, they hold a 28-12 lead in the Senate and 85-35 lead in the House. Georgia, Idaho, you can just go through them. Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, Wyoming, 24 states with extremely strong GOP majorities in the legislature. So you look at what's going on in Washington and then you look at what effect these governorships and these state legislatures can have in these 24 states. And then as I said, I know everybody's disappointed with what happened in this midterm, and we do get the majority in the House, and we'll see what that's worth. But I think it's time to start looking at it maybe as just really more of a postponement than a loss and, and a baby step towards what's going to come in 24. And there's an article I shared today by Brandon Bell entitled, This Election Was No Loss for President Trump. And he says, if conservatives interpreted Barry Goldwater's defeat in, 90, in 64 the way Trump supporters are being told to interpret the 2020 midterms, there'd be no conservative movement today. Of course, the 64 election was an actual defeat, while this year's election were an advance for the new Republican right, which succeeded in its first task, gaining power for the GOP. It has strengthened its hand in Congress. The right has picked up a Senate seat with J.D. Vance. And Republicans look likely to control the House of Representatives, which we now know they will. The GOP won the majority of votes cast in House races, nearly 52% overall. The official narrative of the election is meant to drive the right to suicide. Democrats, never Trump ex-Republicans and critics of the populist right who remain in the GOP have all blamed Trump voters for the party's failure to take the Senate and claim a commanding margin in the House. Donald Trump himself was not on the ballot, but he made endorsements, and voters who followed those endorsements chose weak candidates, the story goes. The anti-right narrative is a remarkable thing. When a candidate Trump supported loss, like Oz in Pennsylvania, well, it was Trump's fault. When a candidate Trump opposed loss, like Jay O'Day in Colorado, well, it was Trump's fault. When a candidate Trump supported one, such as J.D. Vance in Ohio, well, that was just a discounted victory. When a candidate Trump opposed one, such as Brian Kemp in Georgia, well, the same pundits found that enormously significant. Ron DeSantis' nearly 20-point margin in, in, in Florida, the big win of the night, was mostly hyped as a defeat for Trump, even though Florida is Trump's home base, and as I've said, really home base for the Republican Party now. In light of all the other commentary, it should be clear to voters of the right 
what liberals are trying to do. They preferred DeSantis to Trump. And by, pres by presenting the midterms as a defeat for the populist right, they hope to persuade DeSantis to shift away uh, the right if he runs for president in 2024. But before DeSantis or any other Republican accepts that narrative, he should ask himself what the 2022 results really say about the momentum of different ideological blocks within the GOP and within the country as a whole. The first thing to notice is that, it come, that incumbents won last Tuesday no matter what their ideological tilt. Not a single sitting senator or governor lost. Moderate Republican incumbents like Ohio's Mike DeWine won. Liberal Democrat incumbents like Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and Kathy Hochul won. Libertarian-leaning Trump-friendly Republican incumbents like Senator Mike Lee, Rand Paul won. DeSantis himself, the right-wing incumbent governor of Florida won. The flip side tells the same story. Challengers of all stripes, right-wing, moderate, or liberal almost all failed. If the 2022 election was meant to signal a rise in anti-Trump sentiment, the original never-Trump candidate, Evan McMullen, shouldn't have lost to Mike Lee in a double-digit blowout. Utah, after all, is at least friendly red state in the country for Trump's brand of politics. And McMullen, who ran an independent campaign for president in 16, ran against Mike Lee this year on a platform entirely focused on tying the senator to former President Trump. He still lost by nearly 14 points. Compare that to the dismal performance by never Trump champion to the narrow loss by a Trump Republican like Blake Masters, who McConnell pulled all the money out of the race. And so you get the point here. You get the point. The overdramatization of this, pointing fingers back to the former president, doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you look at the grand picture and really what is shaping up for 24. May not have been everything we wanted. We wanted a couple other governorships. We knew New York and Michigan were going to be an uphill climb. But people didn't. People are not waking up today, and feeling like their lives are better off than they were the day before the election. Still, people are not all of a sudden today okay with the crime, okay with the inflation, okay with the border. Those are all the things President Trump. We didn't have any of those problems under him. We had a secure border. The number of what's going on at the border has exploded under Joe Biden and Mayorkas. Inflation was, well, we were told inflation was too low. It was under 2%, 2% during the Trump years. So I think the finger pointing here doesn't need to be at the former president. And I'm assuming he's going to address some of this tonight in whatever way he decides to. And I expect the president to come out punching like he does, because that's what he does. And not, every, not everything he does may be the way we do it, but it's the way he does it. All right, live from Studio 6B, Ed, Henry, Karen Turk, join us from Mar-a-Lago when we get back right after this. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday, 
Getting ready for the president at the top of the hour. President Trump live from our lago and what we think is going to be an announcement of a 2024 candidacy for president again. Ed Henry and Karen Turk are uh, are there. We'll uh, try to hook up with them. Uh, we're also trying to hook up with John Solomon here, if we can, before we get to the top of the hour. But uh, Ed, and he- Ed and Karen are going to take you through the nine o'clock hour, take you through the president's speech. And then obviously um, have full recap of what they hear. And again, I'm hoping we hear a president that is um, extremely forward-looking, laying out like only he can, his vision for this country. We've heard some of this as he has gone around and done these rallies. When he swells the music for the last 10, 12 minutes of his rally speech and he starts to get into um, you know, where he thinks the country's at. I mean, when we look at where the country is and where we were going into 2020 with our energy independence, gasoline at $1.80, unemployment as low as we've seen it across all spectrums of uh, class and groups. Um, Wages on the rise, inflation was low, jobs were plentiful. We look at what the president did leading us through as COVID hit when no one knew what the hell was going on. We can argue about the vaccines, of course, but just the job he did in getting things where they needed to be, working with Cuomo New York, what he got for New York, what he got California, getting the ships to New York where he was told he would never do it. Masks, private and public partnerships together, all under his watch. You, th- you think about the, what we were like around the world, the Abraham Accords, the way he went about peace in the Middle East, basically telling everybody, take your plans and screw it, I'll do it my way. Going to these individual places to make individual deals. Who else would have done that? So there's a lot to point to with the president. And you look at the shape we're in now, Biden overseas today, he can't even make the meetings because he's asleep or he doesn't feel good or whatever. Just these PR stunts is a joke around the world. Look at what's happening in our energy policy. Look what's happening to our economy. We're heading for recession, if not depression. Inflation still around 8%. Prices on everything through the roof, gasoline through the roof. Oh, it's down a dollar, don't you know, Damon? Oh, really? It was up five. So, okay, thanks for the celebration. So many things. So I'll be very interested to hear the president's um, vision tonight. And for every single person out there, and some of some of you are going to vote Trump no matter what, if it's him. But the Republican Party and conservatives around this country should really take the, um, just my opinion, this is what I'll do. You've got to earn my vote. What are you going to do about these things? And I, and I suspect the president will deliver on that. But I just, I mean, just in general for anybody, what are you going to do about the FBI? What are you going to do about the Department of Justice? What are you going to do about all, I want to know about all of this. You need to treat your vote as sacred as it really is. 
nobody should just be an automatic, well, no matter what, I'm doing this. I mean, if that's, you know, if that's what you're gonna do, that's fine. But I wanna know. There's two, the countries that, I mean, everything's on the line. So we just wanna, I wanna hear the president's vision. I wanna hear a forward thinking message. I wanna hear him talk to the people. So, all right, let's try to go to Mar-a-Lago now, uh, where Ed, Henry, and Karen Turk have been doing great stuff. They did a great hour before us. They're going to take back over at 9 o'clock, as we think the president will be there somewhere around 9 o'clock to give uh, what we think is going to be an announcement. Uh, let's welcome Ed and uh, Karen in. Guys, how are you? Good to see you. Good. Good to be on here. Yeah, what are amazing. You, what, what are you getting out of the way, by the way? Are you out of here in a few minutes or what? Yeah, about 30 seconds, I'm going to hand it over to you. But, um, hey, we don't think this is like a reboot of The Apprentice, right? This is not a reboot of The Apprentice tonight no, or I, announcing that I verification on um, True Social is going to be $7. Nothing like that, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we think it's going to be about 30 minutes, which I'm a little skeptical of because these rallies tend to go for 90 minutes. minutes. He's usually an hour and a half, So he hours. might go off script a little bit. But we think it'll be a tightly focused speech. We're told the president himself worked on it for about three or four hours today, reshaped it, put it in his own words, and then ran it through a teleprompter, meaning he wants to get this right tonight. He wants to be on point. And I think the big overriding message is going to be not on 2020, not on 22, but it's going to be all about 2024 and draining the swamp, sort of like back to the future. I'm the outsider again. I was the incumbent last time. Look what Everybody I did came last at time. me. They had COVID. We had a pandemic. They had the mail-in ballots, all the rest of it. I fought against everything. I fought against the swamp. I fought against the deep state. But now I've been out of office and I'm coming roaring back. And it's going to be all about being the outsider. And we got to do it bigger and better. And we got to motivate the people that brought him to the president the last time. The, the, the people that elected him in 2016 are those same people that need to be motivated again. Plus, we have this whole new crop of people that have now been affected in a way that they never were before. And 2020 was a wake-up call for them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is, and I mean, you guys can set the scene there in the room. Obviously, we see the crowd. We've seen the people come in. We saw, I saw Ken Paxton with you guys. So we see some of the, some of the people who are there. A couple of questions on whether you think is going to come up tonight. Number one, Herschel Walker and the runoff in Georgia. Is that any part of this? Do you think that'll come up tonight? And we saw Matt Gates today come out very strongly against Kevin McCarthy. Said there's 31 votes against him. That and and Matt Gates says that that 31 will stay strong which means McCarthy, I don't know if he has a path to 218. I certainly don't know who else could possibly have a path to 218. Gates was asked, well, what about President Trump? What does he feel about this? And Gates said, well, I haven't really heard the president speak about McCarthy. Do you think the president at all talks about Republican leadership and what we saw today in some of this voting? Well, real quick, I want to deal with Herschel Walker. Uh, tackle the, that one first, I guess, Absolutely, as a football player. Yeah. Uh, we heard that there'll be some athletes here tonight. I haven't seen a lot of them, and that made me wonder whether Herschel might come in. But Don and Donna from Cowboy Logic texted me uh, and said that actually Herschel Walker's in Georgia at his own rally tonight. So don't anticipate him. Oh, so but I think Donald it. Trump will refer to it because he wants the focus also to be on winning that seat. Well, and there might be a slim chance, and we have heard this rumor, that he may not announce until the round until the runoff happens 
Seems unlikely, unlikely at this point, right. but it could be. You know, he could have a line in the speech statement that says, look, I'm running, but I'm not going to make it official. It's an exploratory committee or whatever maneuver legally uh, to, to make sure we get through Georgia. But look, all indications from his advisors here tonight in this room, he is running. And you feel the energy in here. It's palpable. This is where they normally have weddings and big charity balls, uh, hundreds of people. And instead, it's MAGA night. It is MAGA night at Mar-a-Lago. And you feel the energy. Uh, and any talk about Ron DeSantis or anyone else is going to be tabled for now. Because these people in this ballroom tonight want one man to lead this party and lead this nation. And that's Donald Trump. On Kevin McCarthy, I highly doubt, based on what we heard, that he'll spend more than a sentence, if anything, on McCarthy. He might go after McConnell, because we know he can't stand him, and talk about McConnell in the context of the swamp. And I'm the outsider. I listened to McConnell too much when I was president. Let's get him out of there. And Rick Scott is now running officially to challenge him. But my point is, I don't think Donald Trump will get mired in congressional leadership battles. He's looking at one thing, which is the American people and the road to 2024. You start talking about Capitol Hill and all that BS, He's going to focus on the swamp and what he's going to do to clean it up, not on these guys. Tonight's going to be a lot of big picture, a lot of forward thinking, big picture. That's the feeling that's in this room. And what you're seeing here, too, is a lot of people that I haven't seen since that 2016 campaign coming back into this room. The crowd's going a little crazy right now for somebody that's on stage. Yeah, well, what, what happened is Mike Lindell walked to the front of the room. A lot of people got excited about that as I spy him in the corner of my eye. And secondly, somebody put some notes, I don't know if it's a speech, uh, on the uh, podium, and they're moving the microphone around like they're testing it, like we're getting closer. And you know what? We're 20 minutes away from Donald Trump. He could so be I on think, time. Yeah, Damon, when you heard that roar, these people are hungry. They want to hear Donald Trump. So let me ask you just a simple question, and I don't even know what the what the answer might be, but so what is the advantage to the president? You know, there's a lot of talk about timing. Should he do it now? Should he wait for the end of the, the Herschel Walker race? Should he wait for this, wait for that? What do you think the determination was to make it tonight? What is the advantage to doing it tonight? What is the well, disadvantage, if any, to do it tonight? Why tonight? What I'm told by your senior advisors, the argument about Herschel Walker might have mattered more if they did not lose the Laxalt seat. And the Walker seat was like the deciding thing. Now that they're not going to have the majority, yes, it matters, but it's not the defining moment. This president has danced around it and wants to jump in, wants to move forward. And the second point I'd make and let Karen jump in is that we keep he's hearing the footsteps, right? Uh, he's hearing that DeSantis is doing well in the polls. He's hearing that DeSantis is getting this Wall Street money. He's hearing the base say DeSantis is a rhino because he wants to work with Paul Ryan and stop Trump. Trump wants to get the momentum. He wants to seize the day, Damon, and our audience, and he's not waiting anymore. And it goes back to motivating his base that was so loyal to him and having them go out and show people what he did the last time to actually get into those kitchen table issues and address them. I think this is going to be very forward looking. I think it's going to be very big picture and less about the political undertones that are taking place here and more about what he can do for America, making America great again, like it was in 2016. Yeah. 
So it sounds like you guys think that he's going to be very, very on message, very focused, which I guess would lead into the maybe the 30-minute thing where he doesn't really get off on tangents. He kind of stays to the script um, and just really kind of hits what he wants to wow. hit and then get out of here. Is that what you is that what you think in, in the end we're going to hear tonight? Well, hang on. Well, so what I'm telling you is what his senior advisors are saying. What Donald Trump does is a whole nother matter. He can go, totally go off script. We've seen him do that before, too. But I think Steve Bannon made an important point last hour in our special, which is who's on at 9 o'clock Eastern on Fox News? Sean Hannity, Donald Trump's buddy. Uh, and Fox News' inclination, because of the Murdochs turning on Donald Trump, is to not run this speech or to run like five minutes of it and say, uh, you can stream it online, uh, we're going to move away from it and have some talking heads. If you keep it tightly focused, you can get it in prime time on Fox and at least get to their viewers because right now Fox is not interviewing Donald Trump. They're not covering Donald Trump. They're, they're leaving Donald Trump on the side of the road. And what he's doing is going to Real America's Voice. He's going to Right Side. He's going to Mike Lindell. And he's seeing these streaming outlets grow. And he's saying, I don't need just Fox. I can go directly to the American people. And that's what he's always done is go directly to the American people. That's why nobody can hold a rally like Donald right. Trump. Nobody can motivate people in a grassroots effort like he did in 2016 and like he'll do again. But Damon, we're told that when he ran it through the prompter today, after three or four hours of work, Donald Trump timed it out to 25 or 30 minutes. Now that's just reading it off the prompter. I believe there's a good chance, at least a couple of times, maybe more, he'll get off the script uh, and he'll react to the audience reaction. That's what Donald Trump does at the rallies. So I don't believe it'll be just 30. I think it'll be a little longer, but I don't believe it's going to be an hour and a half like the rallies. Yeah. Well, it's going to be very interesting after the president gets done tonight, whatever he's going to say, whatever this ends up being, because if you watch what happened today and you, and you have this growing sentiment in some of these fake rhinos like Chris Christie and Larry Hogan and Winsome Sears and all, all of these kind of insignificant people, and especially Christie and, and, and Hogan, you couldn't find two more insignificant, inept people in the world than those two who have done nothing for the Republican Party. Just trashing the former president today, absolutely just trashing. You hear Winsome Sears come out, you've heard other, but so this, this is gonna be very interesting once the president has finally done this, get it out there, and now goes on the offensive how heated this is going to get and how quickly this is going to get heated within the Republican Party. Hey, you know, Donald Trump's never been shy and he's a New Yorker, so people can think he's abrasive sometimes. But I think he's got a lot of people around him right now who are saying focus on the messaging of really taking this country back and doing it for the people and don't make it about these battles that you're having. Let's change the narrative for the minute and focus on what the American people want. And what they want is for Donald Trump to announce and to make America great again. Right. Let me True. bring John Solomon on. We've got John. We've got John waiting. He's got some breaking news. Let me bring John on. Um, Mr. Solomon, how are you? I don't hear John. Guys? There he is. Now? now I hear you, John. Sorry about, right. sorry about that. I hear you good. now. How are you? All right. Very good. I, ha I, I have confirmed with Trump campaign officials that the president will announce an election campaign tonight. And we just gave you a copy at Real America's Voice at the 2024 campaign placard. What it looks like. You can take a look at it right now. 
There it is. Text Trump to 88022. Let me get the number right so I don't sound like Joe Biden. 88022. <laughs> Trump, make America great again 2024. There it is. Uh, he will make it official in just a few moments. Um, very good. John, what do you expect to hear from the president tonight? We heard we was talking to Ed and Karen, and I, I told the audience I was hoping to hear a very forward-thinking, very forward-looking, not too yes. much talking about the past. Do you expect that? I do indeed. It's going to be a positive speech. It's going to be about what America should look like if he's given the presidency again. It will be about 30 or 35 minutes, just like what Karen and Ed were talking about. And about midway through, he will uh, begin the process of uh, telling people I'm running, and then he'll immediately shout out Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker's not there, but he's going to rally Republicans to make that the first battle they win before the uh, President Trump uh, gets on the road and starts campaigning for himself. So positive message. It's about the future of America, not looking at past grievances, trying to figure out what we're going to do as a country going forward. If he's president, shout out Herschel Walker, get the entire party together. That's what the message I'm being told it will be. And John, once once tonight is over, what do you, what do you feel like the president's first order of business as far as messaging goes? What is it? Is it to take direct aim at McConnell? Is it McCarthy support or not support for McCarthy, given where he stands with this vote? What is the president's first line of attack, if you want to call it that, or whatever you want? To, what is his first messaging point once he gets out past tonight? Do you think? I think it's going to be Joe Biden and the Democrats have ruined this country, and I'm going to relentlessly train my weapons on them until Americans understand how bad it is and how Republicans are the sole solution. So we're not going to have a lot of intra-party stuff. The president is supposed to, according to his advisors, focus over the next few weeks on what's wrong with Democrats, how they destroyed this country, and how a Trump Republican ticket united can solve the issues of this country. All right, very good. Our own John Solomon breaking the fact that uh, the former president, 45, is officially announcing his quest to make it 47. Uh, we put up the placard there, Trump, uh, text Trump to 88022. It's official, Trump 2024, make America great again. Uh, let me go back to Ed and Karen. So, Ed, you heard John. Uh, no surprises on board tonight. Um, give me your thoughts on what you heard. Well, that's what we've been reporting, which is that his senior advisors say, look, uh, he's tired of dancing around. He wants again. He's not going to let the Georgia runoff stop him. He's certainly not going to have Ron DeSantis stop him. Uh, and he hears the poll numbers. Uh, he hears the naysayers. And he wants to, you know, stake his claim to this nomination. Of course. And we all think that he's going to do that from the stage. You know, even with the graphic, he's going to be up there and he's going to tell us that in person soon. Yeah. And so he's going to lay that out, that vision. It'll be interesting if he sticks to the script. Yeah. Well, um, sticking to the script is one of the things that, you know, people try to get him to do. So it'll be a lot. I mean, it kind of fits into your 30 minutes. If it's going to be 30 minutes, you would think he's not going to be able to attack anybody for too long if he's going to keep it around 30, 35 minutes. So yeah. the president will make it official tonight. So I guess, guys, just set to before we turn it back over to you, top of the hour, just kind of set the scene for us. Put us in the room there. Who have you seen? We saw we saw Paxton there with you. Who else is in the room? Anything, any surprises, anything significant? Well, who else is in the room tonight? No, I mean, a, a lot of the people we see at the rallies, Matt Whitaker, the former acting attorney general, Mike Lindell, who has uh, pushed so hard on the fraud issue and the machines and saying, look, we need to fix the election systems uh, in this country. I see campaign donors. I've seen people I've seen at Mar-a-Lago before who raise money for this president. 
We saw the gentleman who runs the front row Joes, who are the or the average people, not the high it's a end mix donors. Of people here tonight who sleep for five days in Iowa to get a front row seat at the rally. So these are the grassroots people. He's recognizing them tonight at Mar-a-Lago, and he's putting together a group of people, which are the people that helped him win in 2016. Those real people that come from different walks of life. Imagine that bringing unity into the party, something that the Democrats have said they're going to do, but never do. Yeah, and so I think you're going to hear a president who wants to try to get the spirit of that first campaign back. When you're running as an incumbent in 2020, there are certain advantages, obviously the office, Air Force One, the trappings of office. But if you think back to what was going on, uh, Damon, in 2020, you had a situation with the pandemic where the mainstream media was whacking this president every single day. He was pushing back against Dr. Fauci and others who were seen as saints and have since been brought down. Uh, and oh, here you go. Uh, so we're now seeing the children uh, of Donald Trump come in. Uh, I see Baron Trump. I see Eric Trump. Uh, I see Laura Trump as well, the daughter-in-law. And I see I, Eric is Trump. that Jared Kushner? I want to make sure. It looks like Jared Kushner on the other side. Uh, and then maybe some grandkids as well because they're a little bit shorter. So there was a big roar of applause. And, Damon, as you know, that's sort of tabloid fodder right now for Rupert Murdoch and his gang who are beating up on Donald Trump every day. And they now published a story today claiming with anonymous sources, we don't know what's true, that Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump uh, do not want to stand on stage with Donald Trump. And he's been begging him to get there. We don't know if that's true. It's gossip. Uh, and the New York Post, which has been beating up on this president, uh, is pushing that kind of trash. I'm trying to look and see if we can debunk it right now, but I can't see clear enough. I definitely see Eric, though. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, listen, that. we're going to so let you. I would have totally report I, on it, but it certainly looks like him. Yeah. Yeah, I know you guys are going to pick up the coverage. Obviously, top of the hour. We'll let you go. Get ready for that. Thanks so much for joining us as the president makes it official tonight. Uh, right there live in Mar-a-Lago, Ed Henry and Karen Turk will pick up the coverage, obviously, here in just a little bit. And we'll listen to the president's speech and then obviously react to a full reaction, full coverage here on uh, Real America's Voice as the president makes it official tonight. Put it up one more time, G, if you have it. Text Trump to 88022. Trump, make America great again, 2024. President will make it official in just a short amount of time. We had a little more time. I was going to ask the um, ask them about obviously the former vice president is trying to um, get some attention tonight. I don't know why, as his book comes out, as if anyone has any interest in reading his book, and he gives an interview to um, I don't know some lamestream media outlet tonight that I saw some clips of, and. Um, who cares? I mean, just who cares? I just don't think anybody cares. So, well, I'm excited to hear the president. I'm excited to hear this speech. I, I, I expect the president to knock it out of the park as he always has. I expect him to deliver in only the way he can and talk about this country and in, in, in only the way a few presidents have, and he's one of them and Reagan's another. And I believe, I hope, and I believe we'll hear that that type of of um, rhetoric tonight from the president. I believe he's going to be optimistic. He's going to be forward looking. He's going to talk about what this country can be, what it was, what it can be again. And I, I would think we're going to get a very on message from what everybody has said. 
Sounds like we're gonna get a very on-message, hopeful uh, President Trump tonight in his quest to, um, to win the presidency back and get the country back. And we know how important that's gonna be. And whatever happens in the primaries, whoever else decides that they're gonna take a turn at this, they've got an uphill battle. And I have no problem with a good solid primary, bring it on. That's what the system calls for. But this is our country. And we get to decide who's presidential material. And we get to decide who goes into that job or who's gonna have at least a chance to go into that job for the Republican side. Chris Christie's not gonna tell us. Larry Hogan's not gonna tell us. Mitch McConnell's not gonna tell us. We're gonna decide. And this is President Trump's to lose, and we all know that, like I said. And whatever happens with the Republican Party, he'll have a lot of work to do. And so will whoever the Speaker of the House ends up being. Because this is a party who's got to get it together. We've talked about this I don't know how many times. Republicans want the power, want the power, and then they get on the stage, the lights come on, and they don't know what to do. So. President's gonna make it official tonight. Hopefully it's the first step in what's gonna be a, um, you know, you say it's two years, but it's gonna be quick, man. It's gonna go, it's gonna be, it's gonna go fast. It's gonna be intense. We'll see what happens. But I'm excited to hear the president tonight. Very excited to hear the president tonight. I believe he's gonna be, we're gonna hear that vision for that shining city on a hill. We're gonna hear Trump's vision for you and me in this country. And I'm excited to hear it. I'll probably be doing a um, stream myself to react to the president tonight. But make sure you keep it locked at Ed and Karen and Steve and John and everybody who's going to be covering the president tonight. It's going to be extremely exciting. Ed Henry and Karen Turk live from Marlago for the president to make it official. Trump 2024, make America great again. President's coming right up. Thanks, everybody, for sticking for the hour. We'll turn it over to Ed and Karen and the great coverage of Real America's Voice. We'll see you here tomorrow night on Live from Studio 6B. Have a great night, everybody. Enjoy the president.